today is all about invitation. We're called to reflect on a fundamental aspect of our Christian faith, the call to respond to God's invitations with a heart filled with gratitude and love. It's really as simple as that. But the beauty of this parable lies in the fact that God's invitation is not limited to the deserving or the righteous. I sometimes wonder who is deserving or righteous. Nobody I know. (laughs) God's love and mercy are extended to all, especially to those who feel marginalized, broken, or unworthy. It is in our weakness and vulnerability that we can truly recognize our needs, our need for God's grace. Paradoxical though that might seem, that is what this is all about today. The banquet in the parable presents the kingdom of God and the empty places at the table remind us that there is always room for one more. God's invitation is not exclusive. It's open to everyone. It doesn't matter where we come from or what mistakes we have made in the past. God's love and mercy are boundless, extravagant, and without limit. Those arms are always open wide to welcome us back into his loving embrace. I find that incredibly hopeful and comforting. So, of course, we're invited to examine ourselves a bit today on all of this. Do we ever make excuses to avoid God's invitation? Are we maybe too caught up in the busyness of our lives to respond? Or are we like the unexpected guest who eagerly accept the invitation and run to the table? When I was a young, well, I was never a young friar, but when I was a new friar, we were taught that we had to convert every single day, not just once in our life, but every day, sometimes every hour during a day, and sometimes every minute, depending on the circumstances, always open to conversion. It's not a one and done kind of thing. So we respond today with open hearts, willing to leave behind our worldly concerns, and I invite you to enter into that spirit in the next 40 minutes or so. Let us seek forgiveness for our shortcomings and weaknesses and approach that banquet table with humility and gratitude, knowing that God's love and mercy are waiting for us. As you get to know me down the road, you'll know that I use the word grudge a lot. I come from a world where people hang on to things in a paralyzing kind of way, and I'm always encouraging people to let go of any grudges they have. You can do it right now, today. Don't let another moment go by, if you have any of those things. So what about this feast? God's feast of choice wines and rich and juicy foods? But isn't rich food and that sort of thing the kind our culture warns us against? The opposite of all of that. Everything shouts at us that if we want to look good and be healthy, the one thing we should be sure to avoid is rich food. Clearly, I have not paid much attention to that. And what can we say about choice wines? Well, I love choice wines. They might cost a lot of money, which could be better spent on other things, 
and nobody can exercise hard or work well who is full of choice wines. But we are made by God to be fed till we are full with the very best. We are made by God to be full with the very best. Dieting, it's such a big thing in this country particularly. Everybody's dying or has been or wants to or thinks they should. Everyone fails at that somewhere along the line, I think. Often a person diets just to get rid of some excess weight and then happily goes right back to the old habits of eating those rich and juicy foods. That's how diets fail. We seem pressed then to give up rich and juicy things forever. Really, are we? And it isn't just a matter of food. Religious life, work, marriage, children, all these things can give the same impression. Give unstintingly, labor unceasingly. Please, 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 nothing rich and juicy. At least not if you want to be healthy, attractive, and successful. This is a pretty grim and grinding picture of human life, isn't it? But, my friends, this is not God's picture. This is not God's picture. We are made by God to be fed till we are full with the very best, the most rich and juicy of all. The Lord will provide it for us in heaven, the wedding supper of the Lamb. But in this life too, today, the merciful one feeds us with the best, and that is the bread and wine from the Eucharist. There is no choicer wine or richer food. Isaiah has showed us that we are not commanded to a life of grimness. We are called to feasting with joy. The few times I have come to visit here, I see that. I see a lot of joy in this wonderful place. And that makes me very happy that in this crazy world we live in, so torn and broken, we still see so much joy. Matthew focuses on the consequences of refusing the invitation to the reign of God. The common theme running all through, through all three of these things is that those who appear to enjoy God's favor reject their responsibilities or relationships and others assume responsibility and relationship in their stead. Scripture scholars believe that this parable told by Matthew went through stages of development over the years. The parable Jesus told was a simple story about being invited to a great banquet and be ready to respond or not. The second stage was when the Christian community added elements to the story. The celebration became a wedding feast prepared for his son by the great king. God is the king, the son is Jesus, a little more academic and complex. Some who refuse to accept the invitation are those who reject Jesus and his teaching. Good allegory. And the last development of the parable happened when the part about the person without the proper garment for the wedding was added. That was a puzzling one for me. At this stage, it reflects a Christian community that now includes Jews and Gentiles. The tent is getting bigger and members who are struggling to remain faithful and others who have become apathetic. That kind of sounds like our church today. The parable itself reflects a common scenario of the day. 
These big banquets were usually made for the elite of society. People at banquets associated themselves with others of the same social status. Invitations were sent out, people checked to see who was gonna go, if they decided to go based on who they thought were gonna go, if they liked them or not, that kind of thing. The host's retaliation for those who were chosen to come but did not would be expected. But going to the crossroads and inviting anyone who was there would not have been expected. These squares were the gathering place of the community. People from the elite, as well as the lowest parts of society, would be there. In today's parable, all we have to remember is that all are invited. And everyone knows that they are all invited. Social distinctions that regulate honor and acceptable relationships are being torn down by this king. They're being torn down by this king. And a new social order is being established. That makes me smile. A new social order. But that new order is not without expectations. One must still have a wedding garment, not of anything physical or clothing or material, but a garment of loyalty and faithfulness. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what drew us into this beautiful room today. May we always remember that we are called to share the joy of the merciful one's heavenly banquet, and that we may strive to live our lives in a way that reflects our gratitude for this incredible gift. And convert, if you need to convert today, don't forget.